I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck has foils and attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. Nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd alert! Hello there, it's Obi John Kenobi, your favorite host in all of podcasts, and welcome to a brand new Nerd Alert. Whew, uh, it's been a minute since we've recorded an episode. It's like I'm knocking the rust off. Now there's there's no conventions to get ready for, or ten and a half hour drives to Iowa to make, or. Here we go. It's going to be fun. The whole band is back together. That whole band, of course, being uh, beginning with my right-hand man, the man who keeps the nerd and the talk nerdy to me network, uh, the man who got us to and from Iowa safely, didn't once fall asleep behind the wheel that he'll admit to. Ladies and gentlemen, Commander Scott. So, speaking of the middle of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Illinois? Uh because um because we've all heard the term the middle of nowhere right mm-hmm. and one would think that while we were in iowa we found the middle of nowhere um however did you know that scientists have actually pinpointed the middle of nowhere okay it actually exists it has been designated point nemo it is the most remote location on planet Earth. It is so far removed from civilization that the closest humans to that location at any given time are likely to be astronauts. It is where NASA and other global space agencies have designated in the Pacific Ocean as their underwater space graveyard for falling debris. And in 2031, when the International Space Station comes crashing down as part of its deorbit burn and decommissioning, this is where it will come down, as far away from humans as geographically possible. It is officially known as the Oceanic Pole of Inaccessibility, or the point in the ocean furthest from land, located at 48 degrees, 52 minutes, 6 seconds south, 123 degrees, 23 minutes, 6 seconds west. The spot is quite literally in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by more than 1,000 miles of ocean in every direction. The closest landmass to the pole are one of the uh, Pitcairn Islands to the north, one of the Easter Islands to the northeast, and one island off the coast of Antarctica to the south. And we, we dump space garbage there? Because it's the it, it, it's where stuff can come down that it is the furthest geographic point from any humans. Right, right, right. But but why has no one made a science fiction movie about this? There are Take no Ron to something, boys. Hang on. 
There are no human inhabitants anywhere near Point Nemo, and scientists chose to call the location Nemo because of its Latin for no one and as a reference to Jules Verne's submarine captain from 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. Well, now I feel like we need to make a movie called Finding Nemo. No, 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 no. I feel like that's been done. But a movie named Point Nemo would be awesome. And since it's so remote and we have so much space debris coming down that could be potentially irradiated with weird cosmic radiation, you could have some sort of giant mutant, I don't know, animal monster thing that comes out of Point Nemo. Well, now you're just getting way ahead of us, guys. How how convenient. (laughs) But I love where your head's at because that's exactly where mine went. But first, let me finish introducing the entire rest of the band. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, perhaps Point Nowhere, maybe from a DeLorean, it's the Doc. Never look in the eyes of those who care. They will haunt you forever. I know. Was I, I thought we were introducing the Doc. That was that was Latin John Voigt. What happened there? Yeah, six minutes, 50 seconds. This river could kill you in a thousand ways. Go home, little babies. Go back to your mothers. <laughs> All right, now Jason needs to do a monologue as Latin John Voigt <laughs> at some point. I don't care when. Oh, God, he does so bad. <laughs> yeah, that, wow. I can't believe they greenlit him to do that accent. They're like, yeah, John, oh. that sounds good. Dude, look, this movie was so happy to get John Voigt. This this was post, like, John Voigt will do anything. Uh, you know, like, oh, John Voigt will be the president in Transformers. Like, no, this, this was, like, pre, you know, they were just so happy to get him. They're like, yeah, do whatever you want. You want to wear a ponytail and always be wet for some reason? Sure, yeah, do whatever you want, John Voigt, so we can put your name on the poster. Do you, you want to talk like you've got two fish hooks in the corner of your mouth pulling back as tight <laughs> as you can? That's fine. Oh, wow. So we're referencing uh, the <laughs> so terrible it's amazing performance of John Voight in this cinematic masterpiece known as Anaconda, um, which is what sparked today's entire topic. Uh, we were looking, we were hanging out looking for a, a good bad movie to watch and i don't know how we hit on it but but someone just shouted out anaconda and it manifested itself on jay's tv uh scott had never seen it and i assume just just immense joy was had by all oh yeah yeah i've watched it another 17 times since that day <laughs> <laughs> but 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 when i watch it now um i i have i have jay's uh, impression dubbed <laughs> over all of John Voight's lines. So that's even better. That's, that makes it so much better. Uh, when did, 30... what, what was Good. the point we paused it? I can't oh, remember now. That was that was after the 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 the, the quote unquote wasp was found in old dude's oh, mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, because yeah. apparently I had an interesting look on my face. Yes, Scott's yes. brain just started shutting down. It was just like, nope, suspension of disbelief over. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> his, his, to me the greatest thing was his pantomime of oh time to put this in what the hell is this get this get the hell out of here and grabs the wasp <laughs> and throws it i mean the wasp the wasp took up his entire mouth it was it was about the size of a silver dollar and and stuff there's not that much open space inside a scuba regulator 
And and usually the first thing you're going to do with a scuba regulator is hit the button and purge it just to make sure air is flowing good before you even go under. <laughs> psh, psh, what the hell is that? Looks like a giant <laughs> wasp. Oh good shit! What, how out. did that get there? That would have been terrible. I might spend the next two hours of this movie in a bed. <laughs> Which is convenient because he did the same thing in Back to the Future. Oh no! We just, repla- <laughs> we, we just replaced him after two weeks. That's a whole different story. <laughs> anyway, so yes, if you're not if you're unfamiliar with Anaconda, this whole bit makes no sense at all. But don't worry, because we're not just talking about Anaconda today. This is sort of what kicked off today's topic. Am I sort of meaning exactly what? Um, because when we were trying to think of uh, topics for today, um, so we we got back in town Monday. We're recording on Wednesday. It was a very quick turnaround. Um, the first thing that came, to, one of the first things that came to my head was, hey. We just did a double feature of Anaconda and Deep Blue Sea. Have we ever talked about giant killer animal movies on the show? Uh, to which Jay said, don't know if we have, but we're doing it now. So here we are. But we're not just going to sit here and list off movies we like and talk about them and, and quote randomly from them. We're still going to do all that. But uh, we're going to do it a little more formatively. Uh, so specifically, we're talking today, what makes a great killer animal giant? killer animal movie uh we're going to go through some of the tropes and the conventions of the genre and uh quoting our examples as we go and showing our work uh, of course um and and basically going through what how do you separate the good from the bad from the so bad it's great when it comes to giant killer animal movies because man uh there's a lot of that middle section (laughs) there's not a lot of the other two uh i blame you sci-fi channel um, I I kind of want to kick us off with the first trope of monster movies, not Let's monster giant it. killer animal movies. Yes, yeah. Well, we can we can we can t- let me get a pen that works real quick. And all right, start us off. What do we got? So, Number one. one. Of my, one of my favorite killer animal movies is Jaws. Um, Never I heard of love it. I love that movie. I know some some members of the podcast aren't as hip to it as others. Uh, nobody in particular. Anyway, uh, one thing that Jaws did, though, for giant killer animal movies mm-hmm. is gave us the POV of the giant killer animal. Oh, dude, such a staple. They, it's a great they, one right off the bat. And they had to do it for their own reasons because of the shark not working. But... Uh, it has been in every giant, almost every giant killer creature movie since then. Like, Anaconda did it. Deep Blue Sea did it. Uh, I don't know. Lake Placid never. It, no, it did, sort of. It does. Did it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like every giant killer creature that came after Jaws had to have the POV of the monster. So, in the run-up run for this episode... I tried to watch as many giant killer animal movies as I hadn't seen that I could cram into about 24 hours. Uh, so I watched, um, oh, I watched uh, uh, Rogue, which is about a giant killer alligator in no, sorry, crocodile in Australia, and then I watched uh, Crocodile, which is about a crocodile. I know, very, very, very uh, crazy abstract title. Uh, And then just to change it up, I watched a movie called Grizzly, which is literally Jaws in a National Park. 
uh, like it rips off the whole plot and everything. But, you know, we'll figure, okay, we'll go land. Right before we watched this, I was, uh, or watched, right before we did this show, I watched a movie called Spiders. You can guess what that's about. Uh, it sure was no eight-legged freaks. Uh, uh, and then uh, I was watching uh, Alligator 2, The Mutation. Uh, so, it, it, But the reason I say that is every single one of those movies, Jay is spot on. There is at least one shot from the POV of the killer animal. And and it's one of those, like, yeah, Jaws did it because they kind of had to. But then everyone else, oh, you can do that? You can just have the camera stand in for the thing and you don't actually have to show the giant killer whatever animal? Wow, that is so much cheaper. Let's just do that. Uh, to the fact that it's become kind of a hallmark now of, like, if you're 40 minutes in and you still haven't seen the actual giant killer animal, you just see POV shots of it, it's probably going to be a bad movie. Yeah. Like, haven't even got, like, an arm or a fin or something. Just just POV shots, you're probably in for a bad time. Uh, yes. It is, like... It's so crazy. And then, like, because <clears throat> they're both fresh in my mind, in Anaconda, they did... They like tilted the camera. What is that? A Dutch angle? Yep. Is that right? Yep. Nailed it. <laughs> and and like, but they also turn it. <laughs> so like they make it, I guess, more Dutch or less it's, Dutch. It, it's a double Dutch angle. <laughs> a double Dutch angle. I love it. Uh, they, you know, depending on which way the snake was going or what they're what they're trying to convey. Uh, and then in Deep Blue Sea, they do like a weird fisheye bubble. <laughs> it's like it's like a blue ring outside of like normal vision. Well, let's not forget Anaconda has the ultimate POV of all POVs. There's a shot from literally inside the Anaconda as it opens its jaw to swallow uh, John Voight. Yes, yes. You so don't great. get more POV than that. It's true. Uh, very true. So no, like, I'm gonna a... eat this dude. <laughs> Fantastic, right out of the gate. Yes, I love it. Um, I was bored at work, so I have a list of, of things I'm gonna start at the bottom and work my way up to like, you know, the things that like you should do, to all the way to the things that, like you have to do. This dream movie's gonna suck. Um, so the first one I've got, unless we have any more fun POV shots we want to talk about. Okay, still want to step on toes. Uh, first thing I've got then. And this can go one of two ways. Uh, but either way you go, it's very important. And that is a cast of characters we either want to root for or want to see die. And I know okay. that sounds like a no-brainer, but think of Jaws. What makes Jaws so great? By the end of that movie, you're actively rooting for the guys on that boat. Even Quint, who's been a jackass the entire freaking movie, gets his Indianapolis speech and kind of softens him and makes him, you know, he's not just a jackass. He, he opens up a bit. You're genuinely, you're upset when he when he goes down at the end because, oh, man, I was just going to like that guy. That's one way to go. That's a hard way to go. Uh, you can't force an audience to like a character. But what you can do is write a character so annoying and stupid and, and, and just horrible that the audience is actively rooting for them to die. Uh, you can do that pretty easily. Uh, so you got to go one or the other. You can't split the split the difference. You, you got to have either spend the time to develop your characters so that people enjoy them and want to root for them or just write them all as terrible people and we'll all root for the monster. Sorry, the giant killer animal. 
And I feel like Deep Blue Sea almost kind of falls into the latter category because, like, I love Thomas Jane, but because he's Thomas Jane. And it, it actively plays on your your expectation that Samuel L. Jackson is going to be an important character uh, because we get that amazing moment. Uh, it, uh, it It's almost kind of playing with your expectations on that because everyone else in that movie is just like, are they going to die yet? Except for LL Cool J. Uh, they, they had to put him back in because people got upset when he died. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I'm getting some rolling thunder right here. Uh, yep. Let's see if I had any other. Uh, nope, that's all I had for that one. Coxie, any rules or trips for us? Well, so here's the thing. When it comes to me and, and this topic, um, I'm not a big fan of monster movies. These are uh, monsters. They're giant killer animals. Totally so, different. Yeah. So, yeah. So first totally of all, different. I'm completely I'm, different. <laughs> I'm also not a big fan of the argument that uh, any monster movie that uses a real world uh, uh, animal just in a gigantic fashion isn't a monster movie. No, they're monster movies. But but I do have to give the giant animal monster movie. And I say giant animal monster. Giant animal monster movie not giant animal monster there's a comma in there giant animal monster movie uh i've got to give it a little bit more props than just a standard monster movie because one of the things i hate about monster movies is they always they, they don't they don't like show you for the most part i know there's exceptions but for the most part they don't show you the monster like in full broad daylight like you can see it you know, it's always dark and rainy and stormy or, you know, there's POV shots with shaky cam and you never get to see the monster. It just hints at it because hinting is more artistic. Yeah, screw that. I'm going to a movie. I want to see the damn monster. Whereas animal monster movies. Yeah, they're all about monster. They're all about the animal. Now, it may take them a minute to get there. They want to they want to build up the art that artistic suspense with the uh, the uh, the POV double dutch angles and stuff. You know, but eventually when, when you do see the monster, they, they just show you the damn monster. You know, as much as as much as Anaconda was just, wow, holy shit. The fight with the snake in the what is it? The silo thing with the whole fiery shit and uh -huh. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You get full on snake action there. You know, you're seeing it. It's plain as day. It's there. It's got great coloration. You know, it looks good. They, they're proud of their giant animals. And that. So I would have to say a good staple. And in some places, you got to pay double. Sorry, I had to say that. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you, pay, you, you keep breaking up. Some Jay. places you got to pay double for that kind of. I said in some places you got to pay double for that kind of snake action. Oh, that's very true. That's very true. You know, even triple. You know, uh, depends on the local laws. But um, but no, that's one thing I would have to say is a, is 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 a, is a trope of specifically the giant animal monster movie and that is once you decide to reveal your giant animal monster you go full on here's our monster you know you don't hide it it's not hidden you know it's not in darkness it's not in blah 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 it's like yeah here it is it's awesome you know um you talk about the samuel l jackson in uh deep blue sea you know i mean first of all you see the you see the sharks all kinds of places through that but that's just straight up you know he grabs him you know 
takes him back down, rises around. You get you get that nice shot of what's her name being pulled under and then coming back up, and then you notice that she's inside the shark's mouth. Mm-hmm. So that's well, one thing I have to say I like about it is they like to show their monsters. First of all, Deep Blue Sea has one of the coolest reveals ever. And, and it's not really even revealed because you see it kind of before then. But, like, the first big shot of, like, we're showing off our animatronic. And that movie is proud of its animatronics, as it should be. Yeah. Uh, but when, when Thomas Jane tranks the, the Gen 2 and they bring it up into the lab, and you see full on, there it is. There's our 20-foot, oh, yeah. fully enclosed oh, animatronic Mako Shark. And that thing is fucking beautiful. Um it makes every CG shot look shitty by comparison because that animatronic looks so damn good. Yeah. Uh, and and after, but but from that point on, they're never afraid to show it. And that is kind of a difference between like I'm glad you pointed out, Scott, between the monster movie like Alien, yeah, and Jaws is we don't know at least at, you know in '79, no one knew what the alien looked like, so they kind of played that up. You know, you never see it at the same angle or the same yeah. part of it until the end of the movie. Jaws, we know what a shark looks like. Yeah. The only reason we hide it is because it wasn't working. We had a good creative and find a way around it. But like we're not hiding the shark. You you all know what a or anaconda, you all know what a big snake looks like. We're not hiding it. You know, just we're we're, well, we're <laughs> not even being artistic, just we don't quite yeah. have the budget to show you the full on thing all yeah. the time. So we're sparing with it. Yeah. Well, when it comes to monster movies, like you know the old Godzilla movies. They showed you Godzilla. I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it, it, it 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 it's rendered just exactly the same as the background. It's the same lighting, which is why I love the old Godzilla movies better than anything being. But like like the the reboot Godzillas, it's always night and you got bad weather and all that good stuff. Uh, Pacific Rim, the same way. It's always in the middle of the ocean and you've got atmospheric disturbance and you can't see a damn thing. And then, you know, Cloverfield. Cloverfield is just, you know, found footage shaky cam bullshit. Um, You never get a good picture of anything in that, which is why I hate monster movies. But giant animal monster movies, they don't do that. Now, it may take them a minute to reveal, but once they reveal, they're proud of their monsters. Here's our monsters. Look at our monsters. We love them. They're awesome. Play with them. Snuggle them. Cuddle them. Call them George. You want to not see a movie, bud, go watch Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Okay. I, I've put that in multiple times. I don't think I've ever seen anything in that movie. Uh, Jay, believe we are back to you, but I like that. I like, uh, I'm going to put a sub note. Be proud. Be proud of your <laughs> animal. I don't like it. <clears throat> Jay, you got anything else for us? I know you do. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, so to me, giant animal monster movies get sort of split into two basic groups. Okay. Okay. You've got your Lone Ranger Singleton killer, right? Or, or they come in groups. Uh, like, think about the birds. Um, think about mosquito. You know what I'm saying? Like, eight-legged freaks. Yes, they they like one of them is that you, they come in in bunches. Mm-hmm. Um, and piranha. And I'm I'm gonna bring up one John, and I wanted to talk about this one. 
because I don't know the last time I saw it, but I'm pretty sure I saw it with you. Okay, and I don't know okay. if Scott's ever seen this. Probably not. But imagine with, if you will, a movie that stars Lou Diamond Phillips. Diz. Young Guns. Diz. No. Nope, Diz nope. from uh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Um, the Warden from Shawshank Redemption. So Bob Gunton. And uh, Darius Bannon from Cool Runnings. Dougie Fresh. Uh, so so Scott, that is those are like the main cast of this movie. It's Lou quite Di- a quite a mix, right? Lou Diamond Phillips, the Warden yes. from Shawshank. Yes. Um, somebody from Cool Runnings. The the main character from Cool Runnings, like oh, Darius, Dougie Darius Fresh. Bannon. Okay. No, it's not. Thank you, Dougie Fresh. No. Uh, and, and- and um, is it Riz from right? Is that her name? Dina Meyer. Dina Meyer, yeah, from Starship Troopers. You got me. I don't know. Uh, the name of that movie is Bats. Guess what it's about? Snails. Ah, oh, yes. he got it. Ah, he's ahead of the curve. Um, and I, oh God, I don't know the last time I saw this. I'm pretty sure I watched it with you, John. Um, basically it's bats come to destroy everything. And Lou Diamond Phillips is the sheriff. (laughs) It's a small town in like Texas or New Mexico or somewhere. And there's this for, I, I forget what the, 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 uh, catalyst is, but this group of like super aggressive bats starts attacking the town and they call in Dina Meyer cause she's a bat expert. And uh, yeah, uh, it's Leon. Sorry, not Dougie fresh. Jay's right. Uh, I had the wrong person from cool runnings. My bad. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's the birds only it's, it's bats. Yes. And it is just knock down, drag out B movie fun. With yes. sort of an A movie budget from 1999. Yes. The IMDb lit thing says genetically mutated bats escape and it's up to a bat expert and the local sheriff to stop them. That's uh, that's what it says. Well, do they? We can't yes. watch the movie to find out. <sighs> yes. Yeah, they do. They do. They stop them. Do they stop them with fire? I, I believe there's an explosion somewhere. I don't know. Well, of course there's it's, an explosion somewhere. It's been a minute. It, yes, because uh, plot twist, that is a trope <laughs> that needs to be included. Random explosion. Something has to blow well, up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. One rule at a time. Well, yeah, I just it just popped up, so we can write that one down. Something has to explode. Um, but that was basically that's what I was going for is your your animal creature monster whatever has to either um, has to either be one or a whole flock a whole flock and a lot of them someone's getting a lot of wind on their mic yeah sorry I have a fan on in my room yeah you're, you're getting to point that in a different direction I'll point you in a different direction. Okay. Don't tell me you with a good time. Is that better? Yes, much. 
Sorry. I mean, I could have joined in. I could have. <laughs> this has been show from a windy hill with. <laughs> um, no, like so. Yeah, so you you got to decide right away. Is, is are you going with the big loan or are you going with the group? Uh, I like that. I dig it. Um, so getting into and, your explosion thing. Yes. Um, so one thing I noticed from all the movies I watched. Plan A always fails. Uh, No matter what happens, no matter what you're fighting, whether it's a a bear or a crocodile or an alligator or a a wolf, a shark to octopus, whatever, uh, your first plan to capture or destroy or contain or whatever the creature always has to fail. Uh, Because then going into Act 3, you're on the back foot, man. Uh, even even the invincible Latino John Voight plan A and B kind of fail on John Voight there. Uh, you know, no one's no one's uh, uh, immune from having plan A fail. But plan A, no matter how well thought out and how well prepared you are, always has to go wrong. I, I have a question, though. Yes. Um, if plan A and plan B fail... Can you jump to plan nine as long as it's from outer space? As long outer as space. it's from outer space, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's plans important. one through eight can come from wherever, but plan nine has to be from outer space. Has to. Got it. Otherwise, you skip right over and go to plan ten. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Any other clarification on plans one through? <laughs> Uh, Scott, what else you got for us? Or do you have anything more to add to Plan A always has to fail? Well, you know, Plan A does always have to fail. That's a given. Um, but I was actually going to add, I was, I was going to, I was going to expand a little bit on the something has to explode trope. Okay. Yeah. Um, because something has to explode. That's a given. However, in order for it to be a good bad giant animal giant animal comma monster movie things have to explode for no apparent reason like like the explosion has to be completely nonsensical i was just gonna Uh, say that it has to explode nonsensically yes so like an anaconda with the 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 big silo apparently if you pour gas just regular gas at the bottom of a huge silo and you light it on fire, apparently it causes enough compression for the entire silo to explode and demolish. Yes. Because reasons. Think video game. If it's a barrel <laughs> and you shoot it, whatever is in the barrel, it will explode. Exactly. Um, actually, and what I'm going to, I'm going to tie these two tropes together. Ooh, ooh, tie it together. Okay. Either plan a, or plan B has to include nonsensical explosions. So it usually ends up plan A fails and then plan B is make something explode. Like yeah. Jaws. Air tank, Jaws. Yes. yes. Uh, well, multiple plans fail until they get to just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I still, don't understand. I, still, the... I still don't understand how an air tank explodes. I, get I think your I... logic out of the movie, Scott. I... I can see if you shoot a tank of pure oxygen 
and you 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 you're leaking pure oxygen and it happens to spark i could see a flame being produced you know maybe a little bit of a pop if it hits back into the pressurized area of the tank but yeah <laughs> Uh, uh, well, there there are no flames. It just the can the the canister burst and and took the head off because it was in his mouth. It's not like giant nuclear explosion. Boom! It's just the tank exploded. Uh, and again, get your reality out of the movie. Jaws <laughs> sets up early on when they're loading the tanks. Hooper yells at someone because they pulled the wrong rope and says, "Hey, careful with these tanks. If you mess around with them, they're going to explode on you." So I don't give a shit what happens in the real world. In the world of the movie, we've established if you yeah. mess around with this tank, it's going to explode on you. Yeah, he does set it up. Uh, I have to agree. You know, the, the, they tell you early this is going to happen. Be, be careful. Um, but you know, Scott, your hang up is with the air tank in Jaws, which you know, and they did on they did that on MythBusters and said no, that really wouldn't happen. But again, they set it up in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's more nonsensical to me? Is taking the gunpowder out of um, out of uh, nautical flares and packing them into a spear that you're shooting from a spear gun, and then attaching said spear battery. gun to a battery mm-hmm. to send a charge through the cable to detonate it. Yes, I don't know what logic you got to go by. A team rules here, man. We MacGyvered it together. Uh, you know, we could even make that. So, okay, so again, going into the whole like final plan thing, it doesn't actually have to work. It just has to have enough plausible. Okay, that okay, that's that's not how that works, but okay. Like again, there's a thing that explodes, packed into a, a spear, fired from a spear gun, and we attach the cable, uh, which is I guess like the longest cable known to mankind, uh, and then electrical charge. Boom. Okay. There's a million ways that shouldn't work. <laughs> but there's enough of uh, okay. Well, I, I guess it's not like that. That, that you, you're not making like water explode. You're not like defying the laws of physics. So I, 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 I guess that could work. Again, it just has to be Maybe. believable enough that you just go, uh, okay, sure. Basically, for me, the explanation would be if the majority of your audience goes, I don't think it would work like that. But okay. And then you have a few, you know, people like Scott, they're like, no, no, absolutely not. That's exactly you how it. I sound, too, when I'm pointing these things out. No, 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 that is not how that would work. I, 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 I'm, I'm the doctor. Uh, my name's Scott. This is how it works. There's no compression in that chamber. <laughs> <laughs> What happened, Jay, was they were all exhaling enough excess oxygen that they made that silo an oxygen-rich yeah. environment. And as yeah. soon as the flame hit... <laughs> you can shoot a gun in a vacuum. <laughs> we're not... Quit trying to derail. Quit trying to get Scott to rant. <laughs> You're poking the bear now. Sorry. I'm sorry. And according to Grizzly, that's a bad thing to do. Don't poke the bear. Oh, sorry. Yes, as long as your nonsensical explosion makes 10% sense, 
to the people yes. that are watching the movie, they'll go, yeah, That's okay, it. sure. I like that percentage. Sure. 10% logic. That's all you need. <laughs> I like it. Writing that down. Any, it's a any less is too any less is too illogical. Any more than that makes too much sense, and you're no longer in the butter zone. So funny. Well, and I'm going to jump the list, but we're already kind of on this topic, so I'm going to jump on it just because it kind of fits here. But one of the things I had on my list is the final death of the creature must be epic, whether or not it makes sense. Oh yeah. And since Jay's already brought up the 10% rule, I just figured I'd, I'd double on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love listening to Spielberg. I forget what behind-the-scenes thing or uh, if it's a commentary. But he, he's talking about when he rewrote the ending to Jaws. Because in the book, Jaws, the shark gets tangled up in... I can't remember if it's rigging from the ship or a fishing line or something but it gets tangled up in something the shark can't move and it literally drowns because it just floats to the or it is pulled to the bottom of the ocean it can't move to get air through its gills or water through its gills to get air so it's very anticlimactic kind of death and spielberg right away was like yeah no fucking way we're doing that in my movie we spent two hours chasing this thing all over the ocean and watching them, you know, eat people. And like, no, we're going to have a big rousing end. Uh, even if it only makes 10% logic, uh, we're going to set up that you feed that, that tank will explode. He's going to hit the one in the million shot. Uh, and we're going to get that great line that I'll come back to later because that's also on my list. Um, uh, and we're going to watch that freaking shark explode. And if you've followed with me, this far if you've been watching the movie and enjoying it and i'm doing my job and you're engrossed in the characters and their struggle and what's happening and the suspense your your brain's going to be off to well that's not how an air tank works because you're just going to go with oh that was great we finally got him yay um and i feel like that 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 rule applies to every giant killer animal movie is if we've been watching the uh, the the animal uh, again, if it's a movie where we're supposed to root for the people, not the animal, uh, if we're with you and we're rooting for these characters, uh, the ending, the the final comeuppance of the creature and, and our final way of, of stopping it or whatever should be as equally rousing and and usually involves an explosion. As well okay. should. Yes. Or electrocution. Yeah, make the payoff worth the buildup. Electrocution resulting in explosion. Uh, and I do have one sub rule for that, um, which is that a a great final line or a great one-liner um, can can make up for a lot of uh, mistakes. So even if you're following the ten percent logic rule, if you only have five percent logic, but you get a really cool line, we'll let it go. Smile, you son of a bitch. Great line. Great line. 45, 45 foot shark, and he shot me. <laughs> uh, Anaconda does not have a satisfying one liner when we finally put the axe in the last snake's head. Not satisfying. I can't even remember what it is. Look That's in not the eyes of those you kill. <laughs> They'll haunt you forever. It's a better one line. Baby Burr. Uh, yeah. I I feel like it should all be one-liners. No, it shouldn't. That'd be bad. <laughs> all I need is one good one. 
just one good one to cap it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, LL Cool J should have said, no, wait, Ice Cube. I got him confused. LL Ice Cube. Ice Cube, Ice Cube was, was an anaconda. There you go. Okay. Ice Cube, when he sunk the axe into the anaconda, should have just said, ax me about it later. <laughs> That's a pun, but we'll let it go. <laughs> it's easy to remember, Jay, who was in what movie. Because uh, when they make the Amazon colder, it's because they put an ice cube in it. Ah, You love that Which joke. Actually- <clears throat> It actually brings up a good point. You're, okay. <clears throat> sorry. Your sinking of the axe into the head of the anaconda uh-huh. brings up a good point for okay. a, a trope. Um, you either you need a surprise reveal before the final final death. Okay. And Elaborate. by that I mean, by that I mean in Lake Placid. Oh, there were two crocodiles this whole time. See, now I have, twist. I have an issue with that. Because when we yeah. reveal that there's two, we immediately get rid of one of them. So there might as yes. well have just been one the whole time. Right. But Okay, yes. So, but in Anaconda, there was more than one Anaconda. Well, the one we thought was dead comes back up through the, the thing. He, he pulls a, a Jason uh, in Friday. Well, yes, but, but they, but, they but killed another one at the waterfall. Yeah, but here's the thing with with Anaconda. Anaconda, it's not a reveal. Like they're not trying to trick you. They tell you at the beginning with the legend mm-hmm. that the, the the waterfall is guarded by warrior snakes, like multiple snakes. They tell you early on at the waterfall. There's multiple. The only payoff that we don't get is they should have gotten past those, gotten past the waterfall, and gone to the giant snake, like the giant, yes. giant snake. The past mama snake. Waterfall. The mama snake. Or they as John Voight would call it. That's your cue. Jay. Your mother. Go back to your yeah. mother. There you go. But, yeah, so they tell yes. you um, in, in this movie that yeah, it, it it there there are multiple stakes, but we we don't get the payoff of getting past the waterfall and getting to the mama snake. That's really the shortcoming in the storytelling of Anaconda. Now, the only shortcoming of the storytelling of the storytelling of the script writing of this There you movie. go. The, like you heard it from Scott, the only shortcoming of Anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, you're right, dude. You're right. You're you're a thousand percent right. I mean, I'm just saying you need a surprise reveal. Either it's yeah, still no, no. alive, there's a second one. Oh my god, it had a baby. Oh, there was an egg in the locker room of the uh Madison Square Garden. Um there's a great kind yeah. of fake out scare in Jaws <laughs> 2, um, right after Brody's uh electrocuted the shark. And it's kind of like, you know, died off. Uh, the corpse pops up out of the water for one last big jump scare. Um, which I love because they incorporated incorporated that into Jaws the Ride at Universal Studios. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's dead. But oh, one last jump scare. I yeah. dig it. That's I feel like that's a thing that needs to be in your like. It's it's dead. You think it's dead. You get a moment of reprieve, and then, then oh no, it's not quite dead. And that's when the hero, you know, yeah. stabs it in the head with a pocket knife. Because that's what Ice Cube. That's no, no Ice Cube. He had a pocket knife. He was gonna. Kill he people. loses the pocket knife. Remember yeah, he, but he was gonna it. murder people with it. He was. And then yeah. he dropped it. Yeah, like a chump. Uh, Scott, I think we're on you because we've jumped around a bit. But any other, uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we we've danced all around it and we've mm-hmm. talked about it, but we've not actually defined it. I think as a rule, unless I just wasn't paying attention, you know. But um, you you've got to have that one character that has an agenda all his own that constantly you know thwarts the the efforts of the heroes if that makes sense yes you know you've got the evil doctor who was the one who bred these creatures to be the way they are well but i'm not even talking about that who you know i mean he could but they have to be part of the party yeah that's what i agree conflict within the group conflict within the group yeah there has to be two dissenting points of view in your party that's a bad plan we should do this uh yeah uh yeah yeah um even in uh, that i can form sentences i was watching rogue the other day and and that is the bigger part of that movie is uh, so what happens is a bunch of people get trapped on this small little island. Uh, it, well, not even an island. It's a little clump of dirt inside a big river uh, on a river tour because the, the the crocodile trapped them there. Um, and they realize they're on a tidal uh, river. So they can't stay on that little island help gets there because as the tide comes in, their little island is going to disappear and they'll be in the water. So there's a big like 15-minute chunk, which is just people arguing over what to do. Uh, which leads into all the conflict and the who doesn't get along with who and you know revealing bits about people's character and oh that guy's an asshole I'm rooting for him to die now or oh man I hope that person lives or you know that's yeah great way to, uh, to introduce your conflict they, they do realize that crocodiles have legs right and could easily walk on the land that they're on yeah, yeah we, 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 we get to that we get to that I don't want to ruin the whole movie that's why you serpentine man serpentine <laughs> There's not that much space to serpentine on. <laughs> serpentine. Uh, yes, dissenting point of views. I like that. Because, like, I just think of Samuel L. Jackson's big speech. First, mm-hmm. we're going to clear out this debris. Then, we're going to seal this hole. <laughs> that was my impersonation. Loved it. It, it was good. It, it, was, it was very good. That's Samuel L. Jackson being killed by a shark. Is that no? All right. Uh-huh. <laughs> if it was John Voight and Anaconda, it'd be. No, no, no. He, he just winks after he's regurgitated, remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know. Wink about. Just to well, because he winks at because he's he winks at her earlier, yeah. No, yeah, I get that, but but then he dies. It's like you think if he's gonna wink, then it'd be like, 
oh, I put a grenade in his stomach. I let and then the shark or the, the the snake explodes or Sharkaconda. Uh, yeah, the, the Sharkaconda explodes or whatever. Or I've got something else up my sleeve. Not just like, yep, wink and dead. No, he just wanted to be a creepy fucker one more time. <laughs> which which he gets uh. the, the, the award for being the only half digested, you know, creeper in mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. his time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like that's he has I mean. something up his sleeve. Yeah, snake bile. <laughs> uh, we we you know we, we keep going back to Jaws because and rightly so because it is you know a masterpiece of giant killer animal movies. Uh, but it, there's just as much tension between the three guys on that boat in the third act as there is between the guys and the shark. And that's part of what make, you know, elevates that movie to, to, to the beloved status it, it enjoys. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the conflict within the group, definitely a necessity. Because um, we got to argue over the plan or, or not get along. or definitely works. Good observation, Scott. Anyway, but yeah, just saying. Uh, there's one little thing for me that some movies do and some movies don't. And it kind of gets on my nerves. Uh, and there's kind of a qualifier to it. Uh, and that is because we're talking about giant killer animals. So depending how giant your animal is, you got to give us some kind of an explanation for how to get that big. And again, that there's within reason for that. So like, again, we'll go back to Jaws. Bruce, the shark in Jaws is said to be 25 feet. The largest great white ever recorded or found was 20 feet. So, Five extra feet. Okay, that's big, but that's not like implausibly big. That, that okay, that, that that's big, but we're not stretching reason here. Okay, okay, big shark, got it, cool. But then you get to other movies, um, like the masterpiece known as Alligator, uh, which is full on is about that myth about someone who flushes an alligator down the toilet and it lives in the sewers of New York and it's going to get you. That is Alligator. The only difference is it's a giant alligator because there's an evil laboratory down the way who's been working on a growth hormone for animals, and they're dumping all the test animals uh, in the same sewer that the alligator lives in. So he's eating those animals and getting the growth hormone, and now he's giant. I didn't say it had to be a plausible explanation. Uh, Or or, uh, eight-legged freaks. There's a, a chemical waste spill that the spiders all get exposed to. Or... Spiders, which I just watched today, a space shuttle with a spider on it that's doing experiments in space gets exposed to cosmic radiation and it crash lands and cosmic radiation makes the spider grow because someone read Fantastic Four and thought whatever it worked for them. Um, so depending on the size of your creature, you got to give us some explanation of why it's so big. And again, 10% logic. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I would agree with that. That if you're going to go with giant creature, why is it giant? And if again, you're going to go with regular sized creature, yeah, go with regular size. And and it, again, within reason, like okay, it's just it's it's grizzly. It's just it's a big grizzly bear. It's not a giant mutated twenty five foot tall grizzly bear. It's just it's a big grizzly. Uh, you know, uh, um, Lake Placid. I don't think ever give an explanation for like a giant they, alligator. It's just go ahead. They, they talk about, like, 
what kind of crocodile it could be because mm-hmm. it's a it's supposed to be a saltwater crocodile mm-hmm. but like it's blown out of proportion for the size because the thing gets stuck in a helicopter like there's no earthly way those crocodiles could be that large yeah there's there's some conjecture on why but we're never really given a reason yeah uh, it's like the it's like an indo something crocodile I don't think is actually a thing. It's just a big salt water crocodile. Yeah. So again, depending on the, the, the giantness of your giant killer animal, give us a reason for why it's so huge. Okay. Okay. The largest one ever officially measured was Lolong, who put who was a saltwater crocodile. It measured 20 feet, 3 inches, and weighed 2,370 pounds. That's a big Twinkie. So. All right. Any other tropes and rules? Who's got stuff? Shout them out. Uh, okay, here's one. If you're going, If you're going with, like, animal creature feature b-movie type situation and this is this isn't so much like the movie itself but like if you're casting the movie you have to have one actor that the audience is going to go hey that's that one person from that one thing i saw one time that's just me though i am going to call this the that guy clause uh, and I'm just gonna put, you know, that guy from that thing. Yes, and it's and for some odd reason, it is. It's gonna end up being the most famous thing that they're known for. <laughs> <laughs> Could be either in a TV show or uh, they they were in some other big movie, but this is like ten years down the road and their careers get a little you know dried up, or uh, they were doing yep. a favor for a buddy or whatever. But it, it, that guy. Well, which. You know, in Lake Placid, it's uh, Betty White. <laughs> yep. Just true. You just like you're like, oh shit, it's Betty White. Um, or like in Anaconda, like we were talking about, you have John Voight, and the rest of the cast. I don't want to say the rest of the cast is unknowns because they're not, but like well, he's the most the, standout one. When the movie was made, uh, J Lo had. I think she did, she she did Selena, and I think there was something else. But but yeah, she was still, as far as acting goes, she was still pretty new to the game. Uh, she was her and Ice Cube were both better known as music artists than actors. And Eric Stoltz is sort of like I I, I always call him that guy because I'm like oh hey I know that guy I, I don't know what I know him from but I, I know that guy he's from the the thing right. Um, so yeah, John Voight is top billing because he's like he's a name a known actor. Um, yeah, nowadays, yes, uh, J Lo is is you know much more famous, and Ice Cube is much more famous, and uh, most of that cast, you know, freaking uh, Owen Wilson pops up in there. I forgot he was even in that movie. Um, but I was guy that you know, what the, hey, it's that guy. Uh, I was watching uh, Crocodile, which is fucking terrible. Uh, it is the most painfully two thousand movie ever made, and I mean the year two thousand, just like the the dyed hair. And the 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 capri pants and the 
the dude bro outfits and terrible the the gobs and gods of pop punk with tinged with ska music everywhere just everywhere it's terrible uh but uh, the sheriff and i had to stop and imdb it because i couldn't figure i was like i know that guy what do i know that guy from remember in saving private ryan when we get uh, the rap the the bookends of private ryan as an old man going back to visit tom hanks's grave uh-huh. yes the actor who plays the older Ryan is the sheriff in Crocodile. Really? That guy. Yeah. Wow. I was like, I know that face. I can't figure out where I know it from, but I freaking know that guy. There you go. See, got to have that guy. That's funny. Uh, Let's see. She was in Money Train, Jack, and Selena before Anaconda. Those were before Anaconda? Wow, okay. Yes. Okay. God, I forgot Money Train. It's a terrible movie. And Money Train came out in 95. Jack came out in 96. Selena, 97. And Anaconda, 97. So. Cool, cool. Uh, she's also in the movie Ants. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's in that movie. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the That Guy Clause. Gotta have that. Got to have that guy. Yes. Uh, I've got one like, more big yeah. one, but I don't know if Scott has anything else to throw in here. I'm good. Go ahead. Okay. You're what? I am jiggy with it. Thank you. Uh, so we talked about you, you got to have that guy. and We talked about the tension within the group and you know things like that. But there is one very, very specific character trope that you have to have in every giant killer animal movie, no matter what kind of animal you have. And that is your animal expert. Uh, now, they can come in two forms. You've got your, what I would call, your Ahab, which is the, I'm an expert because I'm trying to kill these things. Quint. Go ahead. Quint from Quint. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah. I thought you said wait, sorry. Yes, no. Quint from Jaws is the archetypal uh, uh, version of this character. Um, I forget the name of the character, but in Grizzly, there's a dude who's just flat out, he's, he's Quint with, with, with bears. Like, when we first meet him, he's in the woods wearing, like, fake bear skins, like, because he's with the, you know, I'm out here hunting animals, Like, yeah, he's just full eyes Quint. Um, Anaconda, you get Latino John Voight, which sounds like, Jay? Oh, the Anaconda, they, they'll crush you, they'll hold you tighter than your greatest love. And then you hear your veins explode inside your head. Is that, is that pretty accurate? Beautiful, beautiful. I couldn't tell if it was you or just a quote from the movie. Uh, the other form that this can take, uh, and Jay brings up a great example, Dina Meyer from Bats. She's just an expert on bats, and I would call this this archetype the Hooper. Uh, he's an expert on sharks, but his area of expertise comes from studying them, not from trying to kill them. Is a tiger shark. Oh, uh, <laughs> sorry. Either way, these characters, and, and you, you can kind of combine them, you can have them as separate characters, but they're there to, to give us a baseline about what this animal can do, what a normal version of this animal can do, uh, and then to, to, to be, hey, here's how we kill this, uh, even though the planet never works. 
Um, cause that's, you know, that, that's what Hooper's there to do. Hooper's like, here's what, you know, this is what sharks are and this is what sharks do. And this is a giant shark. So draw your own conclusions. Uh, Latino John Voight is here to tell us the amazing things anacondas definitely can do for real in the wild, not just in this weird movie. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, that part where he picks up the dust on the floor is like, you see this? The bones. That's all that comes out after they crush you. Like, so they crush my body and then my bones are dust, but they're still inside my body. This doesn't make sense. They, di- they digest all the tissue and meat and then they, the, the, the sheer pressure mm-hmm. of apparently just being inside them grinds the bones to dust. And they, if, if, poop it out. if they don't poop it out, they, they fart. And it's like it's like a poof from like a like a baby powder bottle. You know, you just they just squeeze and it's just like poof, and it's bone dust, and then it, it accumulates in piles that John Voight plays with. Thank you for that image. This 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 is the poop of the anaconda. <laughs> it's anaconda poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry what so to go wrong. along with that john i think you need uh not only do you need the expert but then you also need the hero okay well yeah but that's just you basic know, storytelling you, yeah you, as your well, main yeah, protagonist that's going on the the literally it's called the hero's journey you know what i don't want to hear i don't want a hero about it huh, huh? well I, i'll i'll yeah I think yeah, what Jay meant was because we're gonna, you know, again going with Jaws as the the uh, archetype of this kind of movie because it damn well should be. So you've got your Quint, you've got your Hooper, and then you've got Brody, who's your everyman, who's there to have Quint and or Hooper explain shit to him, so the audience knows what's going on. So your 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 audience surrogate kind of character, um, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips in Bats, is that he's there to have things explained to him by Dina Meyer, so the audience knows what's going on. So I would I would say yeah, the the every man, uh, uh, L L Cool J. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, the, uh, the Sam Jackson. He, he's the guy who's never been there before, so we can explain to him how Aquatica works and what we did to the sharks. Like, yeah, yeah, and then he dies. So then mm-hmm. L Cool J takes his place. Well, that's because by that point we've already had everything the audience needs explained to us. And no, no. Now, LL Cool J was passed out for the explanation of the plan. So how did he know what the plan was? Yeah, but, but, but he's not the audience. Samuel You're Jackson right. is talking to the audience. You're right. I'm just bringing up a point that bothers me. Okay. Because he's that smart, Jay. He saw the, the harpoon gun, saw the car battery, and in two seconds... Completely figured out their super complex well, plan. Well, yeah. Once again, we're we're not talking about the invasion of Normandy here. You know. Right, you bastard! I read your book. <laughs> you damn shark! I read your book. <laughs> I know what's gonna happen. You're not eating me today. Uh yeah. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. my... Uh, all right. 
Any other uh, uh, tropes or conventions or observations or general things you want to say? Off the top of my head, I don't think so. Uh, okay. Did you know? I'm going to pull a Scott Cox. Okay. Ah. Did, you, did you know that the Dutch angle was invented by New Holland? Fucking New Holland. Fucking New Holland. God damn it, New Holland. All right. Sorry. Pretty sure it was invented by the uh, producers of Batman, uh, the, the Adam West series. The entire show was Dutch angles. And nothing did Dutch angles before that show. Double fact, Dutch you can look at us. <laughs> um, just some some random musings as I was looking this up. Um, so the whole thing of like giant killer animals. I mean, nowadays when you mention that, you think okay, straight to TV, Seafy uh, Channel movie, you know. Octagator versus Raptor Shark or some shit like that. Like that's that's kind of the sad state the genre has found itself in. But the tradition of the giant killer animal goes back a long time. I mean, Moby Dick was written in 1851. Arguably the story about a giant killer animal. Um I mean it's not really about that, I know, well, but well, yeah, but you also describe the archetype of like the Quint character as Captain Ahab. Mm-hmm. Which which goes to show how rooted, you know, in in in, in giant uh, uh, giant animal monster movies, Moby Dick is. You could really call it the original. Definitely. Yeah, uh, and th- and that's the the Quint Ahab connection is you know they're obsessed with this thing and trying to kill it and that ends up being their undoing. Yeah. Um, that is Quint was very much written to be an Ahab character. Yeah, Quint <clears throat> was quintessentially Ahab. Ah, hey, 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 Scott, could you, could you call it Ishmael? Huh? Yeah. If you wanted, if you wanted, you could call him Ishmael. Huh? You know, you want to call this episode quintessentially Ahab, but I'm not sure people will get it. Well, you know, we're calling it that. Uh, Great title, Scott. Great title. Uh, I need further back. Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, even though, like, these giant killer animal movies have like ventured down a dark path with which many don't want to follow. They are, if you just set your brain to like off mode mm-hmm. and just watch it for the hilarity that it is, uh, they're amusing. They are amusing movies to watch. They're great, man. And, and even so, even before. Moby Dick, you have like legends of the Kraken and sea monsters and things like that, which go into mythology and, and all that. Uh, even the, the the cinematic history of cinema, King Kong, nineteen thirty three, about a giant, arguably killer ape, uh, uh, and you can make the argument he's not really the monster. Blah blah blah, whatever. Fine, I get it. You went to film school, good for you. Uh, but <clears throat> um. That movie is it not only is it a great example of the giant killer animal movie, but that is one of those movies where it is a a, a touchstone of cinema history because there are so many uh, amazing things done in that movie for the first time. And it changed the scope and scale of what movies could be, um, whether you love it or hate it. Uh, you know, we keep remaking it for a reason. Uh, it, it works. It's a great story. Um the 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 not only is is 
the whole idea of the giant killer animal not a new thing uh the whole idea of the giant killer animal movie not a new thing it's been around for forever uh we just keep for whatever reason again and i don't know where we went wrong on this i blame the sci-fi channel but it's probably not all their fault um but it is fun uh, to go back and, and look at just the plethora of giant killer animal movies because you never got more than a couple of years of that one. There's always one. It may not be great, but there's always one. Uh, uh, and especially around like the mid to late seventies, a lot of jazz ripoffs looking at you, Orca or uh, Grizzly, orca. which I watched the other night and I swear to God, it's just jaws with a bear. Um, you know, Kevin Smith keeps threatening to make uh, moose jaws, which is jaws, but a moose in the Canadian outback. And after doing all the research for this show, I'm ready to watch that, Kevin Smith. Uh, when you're done plugging Clerks 3, get to work on Moose Jaws. Yes. Uh, Does it take place in Saskatchewan? I don't know. Because isn't there a place called Moose Jaw? I don't know. Saskatchewan? Canada I thought is you a knew. place and I don't go there. Aren't you Canadian? No, Minnesotan. You were born in Minnesota. That's just Canada <laughs> South. Potato, potato. It's a very important distinction because it means I'm American, not Canadian. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I say all, not a. Totally different. Totally different language. <laughs> yes, yeah. I am Southern Canadian. Yes. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. Um, so before we sign off, um, everyone... Well, first of all, let me recap. So our quintessential rules for making a giant killer animal movie are as follows. <clears throat> you got to have the POV shot. You got to have a cast of characters you either love or hate. Uh, you got to go full on with the animal after your first reveal. Be proud of your giant killer animal. Uh, decide if this is a lone creature or is it a group of creatures. Plan A always fails. Something has to explode for no apparent reason. Uh, those two can be tied together. Uh, the epic final death uh, with a great one-liner. The 10% logic minimum for your final plan. As long as it makes 10% logic, we'll go with it. Uh, the surprised reveal before the final death with a jump scare. The animal's still alive. There's a baby. There's another creature. Whatever. Uh, one character with a separate agenda, that human conflict got to be in there too. Uh, explanation for abnormal size. That guy! It's that guy from the thing I know. Got to have that guy. Uh, and you got to have your animal expert, your character archetypes. You've got to have your your Quint, your Hooper, and your Brody. That's what we say you got to have to make a giant killer, a successful giant killer animal movie. Uh, and with that, as we sign off, uh, does everyone want to go ahead around the horn and give a recommendation for a giant killer animal movie to watch? Don't want to jump in. Well, so I'm going to give a recommendation here. That's going to seem counterintuitive, but I think it still counts. Okay. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hearken back to I think what the the, the doc Jay was talking about earlier and that is you either have to have one giant or you have to have a horde okay you know and this falls in the horde category i'm gonna go with arachnophobia oh yeah see that's not they're not giant but that is definitely killer 
Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, now they do have, there is that one giant spider at the end, but I mean, Spoiler. but it's, gi- it, it's giant by, you know, like, by comparison, by comparison, spider standards, yeah. Yeah. by spider standards. Exactly. Yeah. Solid, yes. solid. Yeah. Jay, uh, I'm going to go with a cast that uh, will entertain you, a movie that will make you laugh. Um, You'll laugh. Especially, You'll... <laughs> especially when you get to the random reveal of, um, oh my God, they're in this movie. And that would be Lake Placid. Solid. Another movie completely hijacked by Oliver Platt. Yep. Shows up, steals the whole yes. movie. Yes. Um, well, my final recommendation, um, and it's available on Shutter now, uh, which I wish I would have known before I ordered it on Blu-ray, but cool. I'm proud to say I'm about to own this on Blu-ray. Um, is a movie Jay and I discovered whilst channel surfing on TNT, either late one night or early one morning. Maybe CBS. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Giant mutated mosquitoes. In the movie, aptly titled Mosquito, from, I think, 95. uh, Starring the late, great Gunnar Hansen, uh, the original Leatherface himself, who, yes, spoiler at one point, takes on giant mutated mosquitoes with a chainsaw. Um, Yeah. That is my recommendation. And and your favorite part will be the guy that hides under the boat. To avoid the... (laughs) Great movie, uh, and by that I mean terrible movie, but so much fun to oh, watch. So bad, so bad. Um, but yeah, there you go, giant, giant mosquitoes. So let us know what you think of our list uh, and our recommendations. Uh, recommend us some great giant killer animal movies. Um, and uh, till next time, this has been your weekly nerd alert. And before we leave, I want to end on the famous words. Of Latino John Voight. Jay. Never look into the eyes of those that you kill. They'll haunt you forever. I know.